What's up, lovely people? I would like to introduce you to a new affiliate that I'm working with called Tribe Beauty Box. Now, if you're a person like me who likes to play in makeup, then this is the box for you. Now, I've tried different beauty boxes and I love them all, but now I want to try a new one because I want to look fabulous for my birthday month, okay, which is October, so get into it. Tribe Beauty Box is a 100% female and woman of color owned company. Hashtag female is the future. Now, I'm not talking about this just just to be talking about this. I'm going to save you money because you know mama loves to save coins, Okay. So if you use the code Ricky, R-I-C-K-I, you will get some money off of your Tribe Beauty Box. This is a deal. Go get you a Tribe Beauty Box. Try some new things out and have fun. It is almost Halloween. So I know a lot of us are not going anywhere, but you got to take pictures for Instagram, right? So you got to look cute. So come on, get you a Tribe Beauty Box. Look cute. Support women, black-owned business, and let's do this thing together. Let's make this a fun community, and let's look cute while we do it, okay? All right, so Tribe Beauty Box, use the code R-I-C-K-I, that's Ricky, for some dollars off, all right? Info will be in the show notes, and also if you go to my Instagram, becoming a dot podcast, go to the bio, click the link, and it will be there as well. Let mama save you some money and try out some new makeup, all right? All right. Alright guys, now let's get into the show. It's time to create, create with me. It's time to create, create with me. We're creating things that are creating things. I just made that up, y'all. I don't know what I was talking about. beautiful people it's your girl ricky edits life aka ricky 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 pretty ricky what they call me down um hey happy october yes it's october the beginning of creator month if you haven't checked out my instagram becoming a dot podcast and also ricky edits life media you probably have seen the video of my creator this week his name is jay del negro you know you gotta roll the roll the r's you know because i like rolling my r's i feel like earth a kid you know when i do that mm, yeah so yeah so our creator this week is jay del negro and he's gonna talk to you about himself you know and it's a little different this week he's gonna tell his story to you my peoples without any interruption from me so enjoy have a good time and uh, make sure you check him out on instagram and his art page as well because he's dope i wouldn't have him on my show if he wasn't dope and he cute all right let go 
Hello to the listening audience out there. My name is J. Del Negro, and it is your pleasure to make my acquaintance. Who is J. Del Negro is probably what you're asking yourself right now. Well, I'm here to tell you a little bit about myself. I, the one and only Mr. J. Del Negro, is what I like to consider a creative. I would never consider myself an artist because I feel like an artist is someone who studies. An artist is someone who has a defined passion for their particular craft, whether they're an artisan in culinary arts, stage, performance, dance, music, visual arts, performing arts, whatever it is. An actual artist is someone who has a becking or a calling or a longing to do something and be creative through their facilitated choice of art. Me, on the other hand, I don't feel that way at all. In fact, um, oftentimes I'm annoyed at myself for being creative and not being able to get the vision out. And let, let me explain what, what, what I mean by that is um, my mind is moving 10,000 paces a minute. And oftentimes there are a lot of things bulleting through looking for a way out, like I have an idea or a concept or something to that effect. But because I didn't put in the 10,000 hours, I can't get it out. It doesn't it doesn't flow. I don't see it. It's not clear. I, uh, I have the same block that any other creative would have. But on my choice, I'm just not going to do it because I don't I don't care that much. So what, what kind of creativity do do I do? Well, primarily I'm a visual artist, but I've also gotten into the creative space of doing podcasting in recent years. So if we go back to the beginning, back in time. When I was a youngin', back in the day, I was a little kid who used to hang out with older kids. And by older, I didn't realize until like this year that one of those kids I used to hang out with was nine years older than me. The other kids were like five, four, six years older, but one of them was nine years. But that's another story. But these older kids, they could do things that I thought was cool and they could draw. It was it was a it was a family. A sister, two brothers, their dad and their mom. And the brothers were phenomenal at art. The sister drew too. And the dad was great, but he was well beyond what I could appreciate because I'm eight, nine years old and I just want to see like superheroes and stuff like that. So I asked these kids to, to, to teach me how to draw and in a, in, a, in a way they did, but the pursuit was actually on me. They showed me a couple things here and there, but ultimately them drawing double dragon figures because that was the killer arcade game out at the time was what got me into also wanting to draw killer double dragon figures. I got decent enough with it and I was better than all the kids my age because let's, let's look at this again. All these kids I'm learning to draw from where if I'm eight, these kids are like 14. <laughs> Some of them are even closer to 18. And I didn't know that, but what what, what have you. But these kids were, were fantastic. And I'm picking up from them, which made me a lot better than everybody else in my age group. And I became like the art kid in like my elementary school days. And in, in my grade or in my circle, I was the kid that drew and every other kid wanted a piece of me because what kid doesn't want their own superhero or something to that effect. So back then I didn't mind and it was a it was a way to rebel and be different because growing up in my household, sports were a major thing and there were trophies and plaques and certificates all over the house and I just didn't want that. So being able to draw was my own uh, championship, if you will. So I, I rolled with that for a bit. Got to middle school and the middle school wasn't in the neighborhood. It was like a feeder school, a gifted and talented program. And that's where I had my first taste of artistic competition. Middle school wasn't like a art 
school, it was more about communication and technology. But, you know, kids are talented. So they show up in places and they have different talents and abilities. And in my class, there was roughly three kids that drew me. It's one guy and this other guy. I met my first hater and I'm not exactly sure if it was me that he hated or he just hated everyone. But he would try to shit on my art all the time. And I couldn't stand the guy. And the third artist, he was pretty like, you know, neutral about it all. Like he was the best out of the three. And I would say that the other kid who hated on my art was not a better artist than me. But I don't think that even mattered because he could talk me out of my game and that's where he won. Again, I'm still just drawing color pencils, markers, whatever. Right? Still doing superheroes. But that's when the inclusion of like street stuff and hood stuff comes up because like you see pictures and, and the fashion was like cross colors and the advertisement was basically like the Bugs Bunny and Tasmanian Devil crisscross clothes and that kind of stuff was going on. So the comic influence was definitely there, but I started seeing more about like art reflecting life. There were other kids at the school that drew, of course, in different grades or, or what have you. But in my grade, it was it was primarily us three. And that's how I thought of it. There's another guy that was in my middle school uh, class. Uh, I think he went by uh, Mateo Blue. He went to Penn State, played football, uh, became a prolific artist in his own right. But um, in middle school, he was just Matthew. And Mateo came from our Spanish teacher, Mrs. Dale. After middle school, I got I went to high school, of course, and the high school I went to was specific because of their art program. Um, little did I know that the art program was a little behind the eight ball. Um, I had some instruction around like traditional frameworks and, and studies of art, but I think the curriculum was based in like the 70s and this was the late 90s. I'll say it was the 80s, but it was it was way out of date. What I mean by that, like we didn't have any technology whatsoever. In fact, one of my classmates won a statewide competition. It wasn't for art. It was for like vocational skills, but his category was art. So he won the statewide technic, uh, competition and went off to nationals and maybe it was regionals or something like that. And it was in, I don't know, middle America somewhere. Let's just say it was in Ohio. And he was the only competitor there out of however many schools and students and regions that were there that didn't have a computer. He was the only one working with T-squares and protractors and old school flair to, to make it work. So needless to say, he didn't win. But that's just, to, again, to illustrate just how far we were from actually being abreast of like the tech, technological advances of 1998. Finished high school and what am I doing art for anymore? I'm going to college. I'm trying to figure out life. Let's 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 not draw. Let's find girls. And that's kind of what I did. Uh, you know, typical undergrad experience. I didn't really do too much art at all. I'm sure I still doodled or what have you, but it wasn't for anything other than because I could in the kill time but I wasn't trying anymore. Had other uh, things that piqued my interest that I became passionate about and I discovered my vice, that is the ladies. Hello, nurse. After that, had a buddy reach out to me and was like, dog, I'm paraphrasing here, dog, let's do some t-shirts. He was big into um, his religion, his Christian, and he wanted to do a t-shirt line surrounding a Christian-based t-shirt line. That's just the best way to put it. I do really good characters like that's just my thing from from the superheroes to like cartoons whatever I've, I've done characters so we i would draw these ideas and again this was like 2000 and you know just a cracked key generator and a stolen version of adobe photoshop and i could at least get the images into a png file and then we could uh upload them to somewhere to have them printed out if they were they were shipped out that way or we just did it old school and printed them out ourselves and ironed on and sold some t-shirts the designs were crude they 
didn't really move the needle. However, I did see one of my designs on somebody else's line within the city that I'm in. He doesn't know that I realized that that came for me, but I did. And then from that, like it generated a little bit of buzz within his Christian community. Oh, you do graphic work? All right. Well, I got some ideas and I started uh, through YouTube and online instruction becoming a master of Photoshop. And it, it, it led me down a path to do graphic work. So I've done some logos with some churches and clothing brands and people will reach out. Like our t-shirt line didn't move, but so much, um, you know, we're young guys in different directions and me being the artist the whole time, sometimes I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, complete it because again, like I'm not passionate about this. I just got good at it and, and, and I can do it. Like, I don't want to do it, especially for uh, a commission. And that's the thing you'll, you'll find out if you ever talk to other creatives, uh, specifically around like artists or, or people who do graphic work or anything to that. They don't want to do the work for other people. They want to bring their vision and like they want to facilitate what they have in their minds once it's clear and they, they can they can point from point A to point B to come out with a vision. They want to do their thing. Your thing's nice. Sometimes it's not even cool. Sometimes they think it's dumb. But what we really want to do is the thought we have in our head. So I couldn't always do what he was requesting because I didn't always want to do it. And sometimes I just I just didn't have the skill set to make it happen just yet. And along with that, I got a gift for my birthday or Christmas one of those years. And it was a um, Canon T1i DSLR. And it was the first Canon camera that actually had the camcorder on it. So I got into photography and that was great because as, as, a, as a creative, when you can't make things happen because the pieces just aren't forming together right and the Voltron just isn't happening, sometimes you just need a quick answer to let you know that it's still all right. And taking pictures gives you the quickest answer in the world. So I would take a photo and feel really good about it and still have the creative know-how within Photoshop to learn how to edit and manipulate these photos. So I was learning so much more around photo manipulation, which was still in line with graphic work. Find out later, as, I, as I'm at my little part-time gig at Foot Locker, a buddy of mine comes in that I grew up with. And he asked me, did I know what was going on with a friend? This friend is the same guy who won that statewide competition back in high school. And I said, no, I, I didn't know what was going on with him. He said, he's a singer. He's under this label and he's working with these major nationally distributed artists. And I was like, wow, that's dope. I should reach out to him because I want to do his album artwork. I had no idea what to do with his album artwork, but I felt like I needed to be the one to do it. So I can't remember exactly how we got in communication, but we did. And then we started like this partnership where I was doing all of his uh, graphic work because in-house, the, the label wasn't pick it, kicking out any money to have stuff done. So as a homie who just wanted some experience with it, because I was in this lane anyway, I started doing the graphic work. And the first project was phenomenal. It looked great. I put so much time, so much effort, put everything into it. But what I didn't do was upload it properly because there are rules to doing this graphic stuff. And as far as printing goes, just because it looks good for the web doesn't mean it's going to print out properly. You've gotta follow the rules with this and i was taking shortcuts and had all the excuses in the world because quite honestly i didn't know what i was doing but the product that was produced still looked great it just wasn't exactly my product got better stuck with it did more projects for him did more work got some more work from other artists rappers musicians labels uh recording studios did some layouts for a magazine more layouts for more design work and it was cool except i wasn't feeling good about it because sometimes that same block would hit that any creative would have and you just don't have any ideas and they could tell you everything and it just looks flat and it's just not i'm not invigorated by it so i will pull out of it so i got into taking photos still to get over the hump 
was the hump stayed longer than usual. It took me forever and a day to kind of get through this last hump. And it's not really the last hump, but just in terms of telling the story is the last hump. And I wasn't creative at all for a number of years. I would resent when someone would reach out to me asking for some creative assistance or advice. I might do a logo here and there, but I would hate it. You know, um, I would figure out something quick just to get like 50 bucks or something, but I would hate the process while I was doing it. And I really, really, really wanted to get away from it. And then around 2015, I got a new job. And at that new job, I got with a coworker through happenstance. We had a project, this um, coworker wasn't necessarily in line with me and my group. However, because of the project, I had to get to know them. And as I got to know them, they explained that they were a producer of a podcast. And I'm like, I've heard of podcasts before, but what exactly is a podcast? So they invited me over to record with them or to see them actually record their show. And I fell in love immediately. I was like, this is the one. This is the move. This is what I'm supposed to do. So I reached out to a friend and I knew that friend was into creative writing. And I was like, hey, here's the proposition. How about we work on this together and I'll work with this on you? It was it was a collaborative effort and it started off with this grand idea that eventually started to break down. But at the same time, this was still in the area in which I wanted to work and play in. So I started my first podcast, Long Story Long, and it was topical weekly. We just talked about what was going on. And Long Story Long is something I say instead of saying long story short, I say long story long. And just to get to the point of something, because it's different, I'm difficult. And again, this is your pleasure to make my acquaintance. So you just learned something fantastic about me. Show went on for, I don't know, a year and a half. And I wanted to expand the idea a little bit more. So I wanted another show where um, I could touch on serious topics and delve more into storytelling. That conflicted a bit with the original show's theme and that show fell out. But then I had um, my second show, which was, why am I forgetting the name of my second show? It's because I'm human. That's why. Uh, The second show was... Dang it. The By Chance Podcast. There we go. <laughs> the By Chance Podcast, which was just about storytelling. I would have an individual on. They would talk and I would help them deliver their message, whatever it was. Um, that was very hard because I'm a solo person. And not only do I have to find the guest, I have to edit the show, promote the show and figure out a way as I'm editing the show to make it sound interesting. It's a lot harder than just doing a topical show with a co-host and a guest and you're just going for it. Along the way, I've had a couple of other shows. All the other shows have had um, co-hosts and the themes of whatever have been different. And and currently right now I'm working on the Don't Judge Me podcast, which again is topical weekly, have a lot of fun. It's around the themes of basically judgment. And quite frankly, everybody's getting judged, but it's just as long as you don't judge me for judging you. And we're having a blast with doing that. We just pretty much wrapped up the first year with a little bit uh, longer into it, but a weekly show that uh, we talk about something every single week. So if you're listening to this right now, don't forget to subscribe to Ricky show, but then also go over to the Don't Judge Me podcast and hear myself and Sir Nigel talk about whatever. And in the mix of doing all these podcasts, then I came back around to visual art, but this time it was through painting. I haven't painted since high school, really. Um, I painted something for an old girlfriend before, but on another date, another girlfriend, she asked me to come up with an idea. And the idea I came up with was like, let's just get some art supplies and paint. So we did that. And, you know, through Instagrams and, and whatever, I started following particular artists and I just appreciated their work, but I just never thought to try it. And then I tried to emulate and copy one of those guys uh, style on that date. And it was an epic fail, but I wanted to keep at it. So that was in, I don't know, October, September, sometime like that of that year. And Two months later, I finished a piece and it was like a Bart Simpson trippy piece. And this artist exchange called Raw Artist reached out to me and asked me about performing in a show, not performing, but showcasing in a show. And it's just a collective of unknown, untapped 
artists and they put out quarterly shows in different cities where you can showcase your art. And it was a decent experience. But for me, it was so much work not to get the art finished, but it was so much work just to stand there and talk about what I've created. Because for the most part, I don't have any idea. I just made this shit. I was just painting because I thought it was cool. These colors work, these shapes work. I like this character and that's what I did. And the art I kind of do is in a pop art variety. Um, I usually take cartoon characters from like my childhood or current day and just put a little twist or spin on it. Like Matt Gondick, Gondek, I think his name is. He was an inspiration. Matt Carrado out of DC was an inspiration. There's a guy, I think his name is like Marley McFly or something like that out of DC. His color choices was an inspiration. So I, I would just look to do bold graphic lines and, and hopefully like show you a piece that you recognize, but you were also interested in. I had no clear like vision or what have you, but I made it work. And what ended up happening was at the time that raw artists reached out to me, I had maybe like four or five pieces that I was like confident with and that were done. I'd done some sneakers along the way, but I never really loved them. It just, it wasn't a space that I was like committed to as much as I was committed to like working on canvases or wood or flat plant panels or something to that effect with um, acrylics. But I felt like I needed a roundabout number. And in the end, I ended up with like 20 pieces at the show and I had six weeks to do it or less. And with that, I had to sell like 20 tickets to get entry without having to pay a fee because everybody who came on my behalf paid my fee for me. And I thank you for it. At the art show, I sold maybe three pieces and I felt really good when it was over and it was done. And then I went into another funk and this funk was considerably longer than everything else because I didn't know what else to do. Shortly after that, the year rolled over and I got another uh, contact for another show. It was a little sketchy. I didn't take it up. But then the year ended and I got a contact for another show and we started communicating and it was supposed to be a solo show. I really hadn't had any new art. Like I would paint a little bit here and there. I moved to a new place in that time period. Hanging art up in my uh, on my walls, but nothing really new or jumping out at me. And I was playing around with like video editing and still doing the podcast and just trying to find my space some more as a creative in the pandemic hit. Once that happened, it was like, well, I'm going to sit at home and I'm just going to be an even more fantastical artist. And that is not what happened because like I was I was again blank. I, I didn't really have a sense of direction. Um, I would do things more, explore more with different mediums. Uh, got to mess around with alcohol inks a little bit, alcohol markers, um, color pencils, like because that's something I hadn't touched in forever. Again, still working on the podcast, Zoom sessions, got into video editing. I made a few videos around art, none that will ever see the light of day, some that will. Um, that's, that's a space I'm afraid of. I'm afraid not of the recording, but of the editing. Like it's just not good enough. Like I can't tell a great story. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I, I worry if I can tell a great story through my art. I think that's always been the worry once I recognize that I was, it was something I was good at. Will you accept it? Will you appreciate it? No. Cool, I guess. But will it convey the message that I was trying to tell from the very beginning? And the message I was trying to tell from the very beginning of this recording here was that, hey, I'm Jay Del Negro. I'm a creative and it has been your pleasure to make my queens. Thank you so much, Jay Del Negro, uh, for coming on my show. I really appreciate it. And it's great 
learning about other creators and how they work and, you know, all that great stuff. So thank you so much. You're wonderful. Thank you for being on my show. It's awesome to listen and talk to other creators because, you know, sometimes we can help each other out and it's a wonderful thing. All right. So let's support each other. It's Creator Month. So let's create together. I want to see your creations. Make sure you check out my boy J. Del Negro on his pages and check his art out. Check his podcast out. Check out everything because he's awesome. All right. All right. Okay. And as always, lovely people, be you, be wonderful, be creative, and just have a good time and be happy. That's what's important. Okay. All right. Bye. guys thank you for listening you've been awesome make sure you go and rate us five stars would be nice so go itunes spotify stitcher wherever you podcast leave a review rate me let me know how i'm doing i really need your feedback because that helps me help you we help each other we see each other okay so if you can do that for me become a dot 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 podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts rate us review us i don't know why i'm saying us because it's just me but please do that come on help us sister out all right bye